Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, sports editor for the newspaper, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider Podcast, College World Series edition brought to you by Lubbock National Bank. Here for you. So the second time we're doing this, I've got Jamie Lent, the color commentator for Double T 97.3, and he's been broadcasting a couple games for the Red Raiders. Today, got to see a 5-4 win for the Red Raiders. Jamie, obviously a big one for Texas Tech just because it staves off elimination. Third one in the College World Series. But I guess what did you see from the Red Raiders in this one where a little bit different uh, feel, but they were able to get the key hits, it, it, it seemed like, in this one. Yeah, there were some uh, key moments both offensively and defensively for the Red Raiders, and uh, they were able to come through. Obviously, you know, first off on the mound, Caleb Killian was really good yes. for the Red Raiders. Uh, kind of uh, struggled a little bit for the first three innings, but still was throwing decent and had given up three runs at that point. And he wondered um, what kind of leash Coach Tadlock and company would have for him. But Coach Tadlock saying after the game, he thought he was still throwing pretty well. And yeah. ultimately after that, he puts up four zeros. And that was huge to keep the Red Raiders close and allow the offense to get back into it. And that started in the fourth inning with the two-run home run by Cameron Warren. Kind of turned the momentum to the Red Raiders' side and gave them some life and gave them some hope. And uh, that was big. But then after that, moments with, you know, guys like Easton Morrell and Josh Young getting home runs, but the biggest one, bottom of the eighth. And Cody Masters, who had struggled at the play the day before uh, and come up empty in a key spot in that, not not the day before, but two days before, Mm -hmm. had come up empty in a key spot against Michigan. And he comes up huge with two outs in the eighth with a triple to drive in Cameron Warren. So it was nice to see the Red Raiders bounce back. And even it was nice to see them keep fighting even after they got down 3-0 after three today. Certainly a lot of storylines to kind of go through or parse through in this, but I think that the one that everyone will kind of look at is Tim Tadlock and his coaching staff trying to figure out a way to make up for the loss of Gabe Holt in the lineup just in terms of his speed, the pitches he sees, or just maybe the way he kind of changes the game. They tried to do that with Easton Morrell today. He came up with the big home run, as you mentioned, in that fifth inning to tie it up at 3-3, and Josh Young, of course, got them uh, their first lead, 4-3 in the sixth, but I guess, what, what did you see from Easton Morrell that he kind of brought to that leadoff spot, and he played third up until he was replaced by Parker Kelly? You know, Coach Tadlock talked about it as far as his at-bats and the way they've been over the last month or so. It feels like even though there were a lot of outs that he was hitting into, he was hitting the ball hard a lot, yeah. and that goes all the way back to, you know, the TCU series, where you saw him become like a primary pinch hitter mm-hmm. and it seemed like he was hitting the ball hard but having some bad luck and then we saw more of that in the Big 12 tournament and then some balls started to, to drop for him Yet uh, on Saturday he comes in and goes one for two and gets a single leading off an inning for the Red Raiders and so I think they're just more and more confident with him at the plate 
and I, I think that's why you gave him the opportunity in that spot, feeling like he's, he's a guy that could get on base for you a couple times, but you also saw them with Max Marshock in right field trying to get some speed in the lineup as well, maybe to manufacture some runs somewhere along the way. So uh, I, I clearly it's a, it's a big blow not having Gabe out there playing yeah. for the Red Raiders right now, and Coach Tadlock's doing anything he can to push the right buttons to just create some offense. Well, they certainly did create enough offense today, but of course it's like you said, getting those four zeros from Caleb Killian. I thought his breaking ball really got a lot better throughout the game, and I thought that's what really helped him. I know the fastball wasn't there. I think he hung a fastball on that first home run to Heston, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong. He had a better yeah, was, than I did. It was a fastball outside yeah. part of the play. Not a, not a terrible pitch, but he went with it and hit it a long ways. Yeah, so obviously the breaking ball worked for Caleb. He gave up seven, or not gave up, pardon me. He went seven solid innings for Texas Tech. They were able to get some big hits from guys that maybe you weren't necessarily looking for, and I think that's the, the one thing that Easter Morrell kind of took away was he just was happy to be in the lineup, was happy to contribute. Not only that, but he contributed against a team that he was on just a, a season ago. So I guess just uh, in terms of confidence for these guys, Jamie, I guess what can they take away from knowing they were in a win-or-go-home situation and they were able to fight back, really, from a 3-0 lead and come back and win this one? Well, I think it just calms the nerves a little bit and it relaxes the guys. Hey, we've got one win here. Not that you don't have anything to lose in the next game on, on Wednesday, whether mm-hmm. it's against Florida State or Michigan, but I think you definitely just relax a little bit and say, okay, we've been through this. We've lost one. We've won one. We've come through in some difficult situations. We've come from behind in a mm-hmm. game we trailed 3-0. And, and, I, and I would imagine it's a team that's going to come away with it a little bit looser than they were going into today. And hopefully that helps them at the plate. And, uh, you know, you're still a little bit... you know, nervous about the fact that you're 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. you got to come through in some of those spots. But if you're going to hit three homers and get a big triple, that <laughs> that definitely helps. But really, you didn't have many guys. You only had three at-bats today with the guys at second base. So, um, you know, there just wasn't many opportunities at all for the Red Raiders. Well, they didn't have the opportunities. But the one thing that I think everyone took away was Cameron Warren has a little bit of speed there. As you mentioned, that triple from Cody Masters uh, doesn't have an RBI without Cameron Warren really being on his horse. Of course, he did have the green light from Tim Tadlock to steal that base, which he admitted uh, later on. He's like, man, I better score on this because he was a little bit past second base when the ball did drop. So certainly a big uh, big deal there for Cameron Warren to score for him. Yeah, absolutely. Him being on the move helped big time. And I, I thought off the bat the ball had a chance to get out. Yeah. And then you see it hit the wall, and you look, and you see where Cameron is. And uh, once the ball hit the wall and it bounced, you see Cameron almost to third, and you figured out he's going to score easily on this play. And that was that was great news. And, and like I said, Cody did a nice job working and getting himself ahead in the count and then found a pitch to hit. And uh, it's great to see in that situation because that's when you talk about confidence. Mm-hmm. That's got to give a, a young man like Cody Masters a lot of confidence moving forward. Absolutely. Once again, you're listening to the Red Raider Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal with Jamie Lent, color commentator for Double T 97.3. He does all the games, of course, on uh, FM 97.3. Likely uh, will be around 5.30 for pregame. And, uh, of course, that game will be 6 p.m., an elimination game against the loser between Michigan and Florida State, who are still playing right now as we're here at the the old stadium. Michigan owns a 2-0 lead right now for those uh, that are kind of paying attention to that. But a couple more questions for you, Jamie. I guess just for you, I know Micah Dallas is gone. 
Caleb Killian is gone. I guess what what can you kind of hope for from your pitching staff going in the next two days? Because certainly Taylor Floyd came in, was lights out as he normally is. Yeah, he had a little bit of drama, but he certainly still had everything working for him. Yeah, Taylor was really good today. I mean, he gave up a blue pit in the first batter he yeah. faced on a good pitch, and the guy got lucky. You know, if you're not playing in expecting a bunt, that's a can of corn for mm-hmm. your second baseman. So after that, with runners at first and second, nobody out, he was he was dynamite. You know, gets a a pop out and a ground out and then a line out to uh, to left field to end the thing. Uh, and what I think Coach Tablock has been able to do over these first two games is not throw anybody that much. Now, Connor Queen threw 41 pitches in yep. relief on Saturday, and that's probably why he wasn't used today. But he used three guys today, and they were all good. Haveman, mm-hmm. McMillan, and and, uh, and also Taylor Floyd, as we're mentioning, besides the starter, Caleb Killian. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Wednesday, I still think you have a pretty full bullpen to use those guys because so. you yep. have a day off again tomorrow and um, I would expect Bryce Bonin to be the starter yeah. uh, for the Red Raiders on Wednesday and he's been a guy that uh, of late has been really good for the Red yeah. Raiders so hopefully he can continue that confidence and another thing about Bryce Bryce stepped onto this mound last year that pitching is. for Arkansas mm-hmm. so maybe that calms the nerves for him just a little bit and helps him in that situation on Wednesday you just never know how a guy's going to react to that but if you're able to get past Wednesday and then you're talking about, okay, what comes up Friday, um, you, you've got guys like Hunter Dobbins or Erickson Lanning mm-hmm. that uh, have started for you this season that you maybe could use one of those guys. Or you go with Micah Dallas, who would be just one day short mm-hmm. of normal rest and uh, trying to get you to Saturday. So um, Coach Tadlock still has plenty of options at this point. I think that's one of the reasons that this team is at this point I of the season is because they have plenty of depth in yeah. their pitching staff, mm-hmm. maybe more than they had a year ago when yeah. they were here. And and so I, I think you 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 felt like if you could get past Arkansas today, who's a really really good baseball team, um, that you still had a chance here. And it wasn't just about keeping your season alive, but it was about continuing to set yourself up to try to compete for a national championship. And I'm I'm sure Coach Tadlock and company feel like that that goal is not out of reach. Last one for me. Uh, I know it's maybe kind of missed just because of all the other big hits from everyone. But Braxton Fulford had his sec, uh, third straight multi-hit game today. I think if they get someone in the lead opposition that can kind of start something, I think they've got something going there. Because Braxton, I, I feel, has been having the, the last several games just a, a really good approach at the plate. Well, he was really good against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Hit 500 in that series. And now here in Omaha, he's four for seven. Uh, he has been terrific hitting at the bottom of the lineup for the Red Raiders. Unfortunately, specifically in these two games in Omaha, the Red Raiders haven't been able to drive him yeah. in. Mm-hmm. That goes back to that 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. But he's done terrific job for the Red Raiders offensively and uh, hopefully that continues because that threat at the bottom of the lineup sets up the top of the lineup. Yes. You just need those guys to come through and uh, more times than not they're going to get the job done although they haven't here in Omaha. So, But anyway, you can, you got to look at Braxton and feel like right now he's as confident as anybody on that team at the plate and um, a guy that's really doing a great job setting the table. Once again, appreciate the time Jamie Lent, the color analyst for Double T 97.3. You can listen to him and Jeff Haxton on the old 97.3 FM.
at about 5.30 for pregame. It'll be a 6 p.m. first pitch on Wednesday, an elimination game between Texas Tech and the loser of Michigan and Florida State, who are in the seventh inning right now. Michigan still holds a 2-0 lead for those that are watching and wondering uh, when we're recording this. But appreciate you all, if anything, just listening to this and obviously keeping up with the College Baseball World Series and then, of course, just the Red Raiders in general. I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Appreciate you all listening to another edition of the Red Raider Podcast brought to you by Lubbock National Bank, here for you.